sit down. You sit down. I grew up at Grace Covenant Church. Uh, started attending with my family when I was probably close to 14 years old. And um, I've had the privilege of growing up under men of character and integrity, being poured in by, poured into by the elders and the deacons and the various leaders, my parents, and hoping that one day I would have the opportunity to serve alongside of them. And over the last 10 years, that's become a reality. Uh, not because I'm anything, but because they're patient. <laughs> they're patient. <laughs> Pastor Brett talks about buying low, and uh, they bought really low with me. <clears throat> there was actually a meeting I had with one of the elders where they had to tell me not to get hit by cars. We were making videos, and we thought it was funny, and it was inappropriate. <laughs> so not as funny as I thought. Anyway. So we had this, uh, we had started a youth group in 1999, and uh, we had an overnight extreme. Called it, it was an overnight celebration, and there was going to be worship and prayer and all these other things. And we were like, what if we found a, we need a, an advertising campaign. So we decided on find better ways to be extreme. And so we did lots of ridiculous extreme things. And we were like, find better ways to be extreme. You know, like, don't get hit by cars. And find better ways to be extreme. Don't run through drywall. <laughs> and other ridiculous things. Anyway, thank you, Pastor Brett, for your, for your patience. Now that I've discredited myself, you did such a great job, like, establishing something. I just tore it down. <clears throat> Let's start fresh. <laughs> Pastor Jim's been leading us in, through a series on prayer. And we've been breaking down prayer. What is prayer? What is the purpose of prayer? How do we pray? And actually, to dovetail off of what Pastor Brett said today about not standing in fear, not staying in insecurity, I think prayer is one of the primary ways that we can battle against that. And so tonight's message is titled, Pray. My goal tonight is to help you start to pray. And if you're already praying, my hope is that after tonight, you can help somebody else start to pray. Because when we pray, we approach God, the creator of heaven and earth, and he hears us. And so instead of focusing on one passage today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a quick survey of nine different passages of scripture of some of the 600 prayers in the Bible. I've picked nine. And I'm going to fly through those very quickly. And then I want to make an observation. What is the most effective prayer? So that when we start praying, at the conclusion of this service, we're praying effective prayers. Are you with me? So we see a reference. Actually, let's just open with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our eyes to see our ears, to hear your spirit. God, I ask that faith would rise up in our soul and that faith would, would grab hold of us, God. And we would find ourselves overflowing with a desire to connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, Cain prayed what I believe is a prayer. It doesn't sound like a pretty Sunday morning prayer, though. He says to God, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground and from your faith, face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. 
doesn't exactly sound like a prayer, does it? So what qualifies it as a prayer is that it was to God. The second passage, Exodus chapter four, verse 13. Moses is praying and he says to God, oh Lord, please send someone else. (laughs) We've all prayed that, haven't we? Oh Lord, send someone else. No, thank you. I do not want to talk to that person. I do not like that person. That person does not like me. Can we do something else? Is there a better way? Oh, my Lord. It actually says, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. You change the apostrophe, you have the commas around a little bit, and it's like, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. That was prayed with all sorts of faith, wasn't it? Passage 3 in Numbers 12, 13, Moses again praying, this time because his sister was, had leprosy come upon her. And Moses cried to the Lord, oh God, please heal her. Please. Passage four in Judges opens with this. In Judges 1, 1, after the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? When you've had a leader who prayed and the sun stops and the hail comes down from heaven and destroys your enemy and that leader dies, (laughs) I love how it says, uh, they inquired of the Lord. You know, that prayer is a little bit like, uh, God? (laughs) just inquiring of you. Uh, Just in case you didn't notice, Joshua, the guy who you like a lot, and he prayed some amazing prayers, and he moved your heart. You even stopped the sun for him. Well, he's gone. And I'm just here. They sent me to inquire on behalf of the other Israelites about whether or not you got a plan for us in this whole thing, because we much would have preferred for him to stay alive. And we much would have preferred for him to continue leading us against the Canaanites, God. One of those inquiring prayers. Are you sure this is what you wanted to do? I just want to let you know, this is what it looks like on the ground. We've prayed these prayers, haven't we? You know, we got some praying people, Pastor Brett. (laughs) Passage 5. And first Samuel, King Saul prayed this prayer. Verse 37. I didn't tell you what chapter because I forgot to write it down. Google it. And Saul inquired of God, shall I go down after the Philippines? I think it's around 34-ish. 14? Is it 14? I did write it down, just on the wrong paper. Saul inquired of God. Here's this inquiry again. Shall I go down after the Philistines to destroy the enemies? Will you give them into the, land of Israel, to the hand of Israel? But he did not answer them that day. We've prayed those kinds of prayers. You know, what's stunning in this moment is we learn in the following passages and the following verses that the reason God didn't answer his prayer this day is because there was sin. There was sin in the camp. Now, we could preach a message here. The sin and the people 
caused God to delay in something he otherwise desired to do. You can preach that message to yourself, but when you preach it to yourself, make Christ much. It's not a matter of you trying so hard and being so much more righteous on your own if you don't allow Christ to cleanse you. We agree with the Holy Spirit. We agree with what Jesus did when we say no to sin. We agree with what Jesus did on the cross for us when we read our Bible. We say it in Sterling too. We agree with the Holy Spirit when we pray. We agree with the Holy Spirit when we turn off the TV, when we close our computer. We agree with the Holy Spirit when we walk the other way because that person's at that cubicle and it's just a little bit too much of a distraction. We agree with the Holy Spirit when we say no to sin, but saying no to your sin without the redeeming work of Christ is nothing. And so when you preach this to yourself about making sure that you're not living in sin, make sure that you are washed clean by Jesus. In fact, today that's what we celebrate. That's why I got a t-shirt on, raised to life. I'm not raised to life by my effort. I'm raised to life because of what Christ did on the cross for me. Now let me say, I said not by my own effort. Now salvation is without, is without, is not without effort or our walk, our Christian walk is not without effort, but it's without earning. Christ earned it for us, but we need to labor into his rest. You with me? Let's keep going. Passage 6, Daniel, chapter 12, verse 8. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, oh my Lord, what shall the outcome be of these things? There's another one. Oh my Lord, What are you doing this for? I heard, but I did not understand. And then he prayed. Many of us stay at the did not understand, and we tell everybody we don't understand. And we talk about how much we don't understand. And we vent how much we don't understand. We write on Facebook how much we don't understand. We tweet how much we don't understand. But we forget that second half, that second part of praying and approaching the one who can do something about it. As we move to the New Testament, in passage 7, Matthew 26, 39, speaking of, of Jesus and going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this, pa- let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Praise are getting sober, aren't they? God wouldn't let that cup pass. He did send his angels to minister to Jesus in that garden. He did send comforters. But he didn't let the cup pass. This time, the answer was in the negative, not because of his own sin, but because of everybody else's sin. And shortly, Jesus would pay that penalty for all of us. And in Luke 23, verse 46, passage 8, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. 
And having said this, he breathed his last. What an extraordinary thing that his last function, the last thing he did before he was resurrected was speak to the Father in prayer. Passage 9, Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. This is the end of your Bible. Turn all the way to the right, right before the book of maps, (laughs) which you're missing on your iPhone. He who testifies to these things, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord, Jesus be with you all. Amen. You'll find also in Scripture that people can pray sitting, standing, lying prostrate. They kneel, they bow, they raise their hands. They cry out, they inquire, they ask, they request. They ask with proper language and they ask with improper language. Stumble over themselves. You can worship. It seems that even you can complain in prayer and the miracle is that God hears us. Jesus said, don't pray to be seen by men, but we also know that some prayers happen publicly and some prayers happen in private. Some happen with large groups, some happen with small groups, and some, no person will ever know the prayer that you prayed. Sometimes prayers are made for the benefit of the prayer. Sometimes the prayer is made for the benefit of others. So what's the common thread? What is the most effective prayer? The most effective prayer is the one that's prayed. It's real deep. I was just going to let that set in. I'll explain what I mean (laughs) because we've got a couple more minutes before we baptize. There's an old saying in sports that you won't make 100% of the shots you don't take. If you want to see God move in your life, talk to him. I know, it's, I know it's remarkably simple. It's just that we could talk about prayer all year on 715 services. But unless we go to that place where we pray, it doesn't matter how much you know about prayer. It doesn't matter how well you understand tongues and prophecy. It doesn't matter how well you understand the Greek or the Hebrew. It doesn't matter how many verses you have memorized about prayer if you're not praying. So I want to take it a step further and say it's, it's, it's the prayer to God in faith that's the most effective. And that's how I want to break it down and then we'll close. Pray. Through this divine dialogue of prayer, we have the opportunity to approach the throne of grace and he hears us. God not only hears us, but he chooses to be moved by prayer. So he invites us to move him. If my wife offered me an opportunity to sit down and and speak to her and move her heart, and she told me how to do it, I would do it. It'd be foolish not to. God is saying, move my heart. 
Move my heart. And this is how you'll move my heart. Know me. Talk to me. Listen to me. And we have this opportunity because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So we pray to God. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And our Father in heaven sits poised to bless his children. If we would talk to him. He desires to bless us because he's a good father. He desires to hear us. He desires to respond to us. Sometimes we don't talk to God, uh, well, for a variety of reasons, but I think oftentimes it's because we use up all of our words on the issue with the people who can't do anything about it. That's called gossip. If I talk to uh, Elder Chris about something that's going on in somebody else's life, Elder Chris is just going to send me back to that person. Right? Because Elder Chris can't do anything about this person's situation. Or he's not in a position to. So he's going to send me back and he's going to say, that's not my business. You need to take this. He might offer wisdom. He's going to offer insight. But he's going to counsel me to go back and have this conversation with this person. So, so that, because, because talking to people who can't do anything about this situation is gossip. And so Pastor Brett used the example of losing your house. If you're telling everybody else but God about this, where is your hope and what is your expectation? Oftentimes it's because we don't have expectation. We'll get there in just a second. But, but you know, it's so much easier. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'd, I'd rather complain to my wife than pray. It's easier. And she, you know, like maybe she'll commiserate with me. God has a tendency of correcting my attitude. But I married a good woman, so she corrects my attitude anyway. I'll go to her, and I'll start talking. I'll be like, you wouldn't believe the issues. And she's like, hey, have you talked to God about this yet? Because I don't have a lot of interest in, in having this conversation with you until you've talked to Jesus. She's sweet about it, Pastor Brett. Sweet like a hammer. <laughs> That's not true. Whew. Pray for a brother. She's so sweet about it, but she's like, you need to talk to God about this because I can't do anything about this situation. And maybe if you talk to God about it, he'll change the situation, but he'll also change you in it. There is a place for mercy and compassion that's offered by a fellow Christian, that's offered by a, fellow, a friend, that's offered by uh, a mentor, that's offered by, by the community of the church, that's offered by our spiritual family. But at the end of the day, we use up all our words talking to everybody else and wondering why hasn't God moved? God's like, you talk to everybody else about it but me. There's even this moment where, where there are these, these guys, they're crying out to Jesus, and Jesus is like, what do you want me to do for you? Tell me. I've started doing this thing with my children where they come up and they want to just tell me the problem, and I'm like, I'm, you haven't asked any questions. Why do they get to eat this? Why do they get to do that? Why did they? I'm not, hearing any, I'm not hearing any questions. And they know that means, oh, ask for this. Can I go out and slide? Yes. They asked. 
grasped. But you can see it in their eyes. Like, now they're starting to catch it. And so even before I say it, I'll just look at them like, wow, that's tough. Man, if only I wanted to do something for you. I don't say that. That's the look. And then they go, oh, yeah, my dad wants to give me good things. Oh, yeah, my dad wants to bless me. Oh, yeah, my dad wants me to enjoy these things. We need to surround ourselves with people who will cut off our complaint and turn us back to God. Now, maybe, maybe you're really good at praying. Maybe you're, like a, 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 you're a super prayer. And you're like, I got this. I pray all the time. Well, great. Your mission is to help other people learn to pray. Because if you're praying all the time, I would imagine you're the kind of person where people are bringing their problems to you. And this means you have the opportunity quite often to either start feeling like you're something or start introducing people to somebody. And so when people start bringing their problems to you, you have an opportunity now to say, hold on, I care. But you know who else cares? God cares in this moment. Let's talk to him about the situation. And now you've connected them with the one who can do the most about it. The last part is that we pray in faith. There needs to be an expectation and a trust that God is going to move, that he does desire good things for his children. You need to believe that God hears you, that God will respond to your prayers. He, he knows the difference between the empty prayer and the, and the, and the, full of the, pray, the prayer that's full of faith. I've started praying this one prayer. I used, to, I used to lie to God when I prayed about reading my Bible. If I didn't want to read my Bible in, in the morning or in the evening, I'm, you know, I'd be like, God, I really want to read my Bible. And you know, I just really want to do it. And it, it just didn't, my faith wasn't stirred when I did that. So you know what I've started doing? I've started saying, God, I don't want to read my Bible right now. But it doesn't stop there. God, I don't, I don't want to. That's where I am, right? That's my, my, that's my reality, but I know that you've got a, a truer reality for me. You've got something more for me. So I'm not willing to stay here. And I know I'm not supposed to stay here, but that's just how I feel. And as I open up this dialogue with him, he starts correcting me and I start talking to him. And then we move into a place. So I find myself saying, God, I just, I would love, I, where should I read today? What do you have for me today? I hear you speaking. I'm sorry, I'm prideful. I didn't mean it. I didn't want to. And I, you know, I find myself stirred to get into his presence and to spend time with him. But the honest prayer of, you know what, God, I really would rather do this wrong thing than this right thing right now is gonna get you a lot further down the road than making up what you think God wants to hear from you. Because in that way, pray, in, in one way, prayer is so that you can know what's going on in your heart because God already knows. And as we talk to him, the stuff that's in our heart starts to come out. Oh, I didn't realize that I actually still want to sin. God's like, yeah. Let's deal with that, young man. He doesn't call me Pastor David. We need to pray with an expectation that God will move, and that means being transparent and honest with him. It doesn't mean staying in a bad, staying in a bad mood. We, we remember that he is the king of the universe, that he created everything, and he's superintending over the expansion of our universe. 
Right? So he's superintending over all of this. And so there is a level of respect that we need to approach him with. But he's not afraid of your honesty. In a lot of ways, I think he's just hoping that we'll catch on to where we really are. So that he can bring us up from there. I want to close with a challenge. And your, your challenge for you this week is to pray. Read your Bible every day and pray. You could just tack it right on there to that Bible time. And use your prayer time as an opportunity to reflect on the things that God is talking to you as you read the word. Or you could use prayer to prepare your heart for your time in the word. Or you could sandwich your word time. A little prayer sandwich. God, give me self-control <laughs> to sit here long enough to get something from you. And then stay there long enough for him to give something to you. And then respond in faith to what it is that he said. I mean, I'm, I'm being lighthearted and I'm being fun about it, but, but the reality is if God's people prayed, what, what would be possible for us? If God's people prayed and the Holy Spirit starts moving on our behalf and we believe him more and more and more and more, something like winning the city starts to look small. Something like influencing the D.C. metro area, 7 million people, starts to feel attainable. Orphanages in, in other countries and, and, and changing the, the economy, things like this, they become second nature. Of course God can do that. He's touched my economy. He can touch your economy. And when he's touched our economy, I know that he can touch our economy. And when he's touched our economy, I know he can touch our economy. That won't make any sense on the podcast. <laughs> Waving my hands bigger circles. But again, so, so your challenge is to pray this week. And, and if you already pray every single day, you got a different challenge. Your challenge is to pray with other people every single day. If you already pray with other people every single day, pray with different people every single day. Pastor Brett does this remarkable thing where he prays with servers. He'll pray with the server after a meal and he'll be like, hey, can I, can I pray for you? You know, a tip will just, you know, they'll burn that up at the movies tonight. But when he prays with the server and says, God, bless this dear woman, bless this man, they get to touch eternity. So pray with somebody, pray with, a, pray with a friend, pray with a neighbor. Make it a challenge to pray with more people and see if God doesn't meet us and see if God doesn't stir something in our hearts, in our minds for, the, for our community and for our city. Will you join me and pray this week? That was weak. I preached better than that. I know I told a bad story at the beginning, and, but will you pray with me this week? All right, so let's pray this week. And let's see if God doesn't do extraordinary things in our midst. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now in this moment that you would ignite a fire in our soul. A desire to honor you with our lips. A desire to honor you with our life. 
God, give us the courage to pray every day this week, not just for ourselves, but for the nations. God, to pray for the broken and the downtrodden, to pray for our friends and family, that we would make much of you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.